0: expectations for games as a service no one's gonna sing this anthem hello and welcome (laughs) i was trying to time that up perfectly i know you were to triangle square to playstation podcast i'm your host brett Beck, and alongside me your friend, you know him, Mr. Saul Bridges bringing you guys Lucky Episode number 102. 102. It, it I was really thinking about it. Doing this podcast has made my sense of time go by way quicker than it used it's to. It's skewed mine. I still think we saw this podcast last year.
1: Yeah, I know. Me too. And it's 2 years ago, kind of sort of technically. We're getting We're getting
0: close yeah we're getting very close Uh, but with that said we are Triangle Square like I said a Playstation podcast so we do cover Playstation but we also cover the other brands as they pertain to the industry and uh, sometimes play them as well Um, with that you can find us every Monday at 12 p.m. CST and 10 a.m. PST uh, on YouTube in video format. If you like what we're doing over there, subscribe and hit the bell notification. We'll let you know when these videos go live, uh, which, like we said, every Monday and then every other Friday when, for some reason, Reader Mail doesn't get cursed on us for whatever reason, and then other stuff that we do have planned. We keep saying that I know, but we're getting very close. Uh, we just dotting a a few i's and crossing a few t's uh but if you like what we're talking about uh let us know down in the comments below what your thoughts are on those same things uh one of the things that we're going to be introducing uh and we're going to go into that in just a minute um so i'll just save it for that actually Uh, but if you have thoughts on the topics that we do or any ideas that you want to share about what we talked about feel free to do so in the comments below um if you want to listen to us in audio format only you can do so on podcast services be it itunes google play music doesn't matter if you're on an android or an iPhone or a computer whatever you can find us if we are not on a podcast service that you know of, let us know. We will get that fixed. But I think we have that down. Pat, uh, let's see. If you want to find us on social media, you can do so on Twitter at Triangle S Q R D. That is our Twitter handle. Uh, you can follow us there where we post our our submission posts for reader mail that we do for our reader mail episodes that are every other Friday. Uh, we can also do those on our Facebook, which is a Facebook group, Triangle Squared, a PlayStation Podcast. If you go over there and ask to be entered in, we will gladly do so. Uh, and you can find us on Discord in our day-to-day moment-to-moment conversations with the rest of the community that's part of that. Uh, And that link is in the description below. We have a lot of fun over there, do different stuff. Uh, And apparently talk about how I would... (laughs) You know what? That's not for... Did you see what Hakuto posted? (laughs) I had been too busy today. We'll, we'll get into it in a little bit, but um, or not in the episode. We'll talk about it later. But uh, yeah, you can do all that. And then lastly, if you'd like to support us, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash which is also down in the link below, or in the description below. Uh, and you can support us to get early access to some of our content, definitely as we start to roll out more shows like we are planning very soon. Uh, you get early access to Reader Mail right now. Probably not really early access to this. We're working that out because we typically record on a Saturday, but it's still if you want to support us uh, you can also get cool custom cases which we uh show off on our twitter so if you've not seen those go over there and check them out they're pretty cool uh with that uh, i think we can go ahead and start to show off as the show demands at this point Saul, what's you been doing this week what's you been playing saw is a busy busy man this week because he's getting married in uh two days
1: two days yeah so by the time this airs i will be congratulations in- Saul. thank you i will be in dallas uh actually i'd I'm actually probably on the way back home from Dallas by the time this episode airs. Uh, Yeah, we leave for Fort Worth, or I get up to get ready to leave for Fort Worth in less than about 12 hours right now. So uh, if this episode seems to be a little short, we're kind of pressed for time, and that's my fault. So blame all the unprofessionalisms on me. But uh, I have not played a lot this week. I did get to play one, maybe two nights of Final Fantasy, two nights of Final Fantasy 14 with Sean and Kiki and Vince. And we've been having a blast with that. Uh, I was originally going to jump on last night, but then we found ourselves uh, having to pack some stuff up and test some stuff out that we got in. Uh, I actually took today off. I was scheduled to work this morning, and I actually found somebody to cover my shift for me because of all the stuff that we had to do. And today is Thursday. We normally record. Yeah. We normally record on a Friday or Saturday, but today is a Thursday, hence there's not been a drop, but we'll bring that up here in a moment. But, uh,. Yeah, so a lot of this week has consisted with uh, my laptop or my notebook out, and we've been writing down notes, making plans, trying to take care of all that. So uh, other than Final Fantasy, I have been playing a ton, an absolute ton of Tetris 99. I have probably not played this much Tetris in my whole entire life combined up to this last three days.
0: Whenever things calm down... You should bring your switch over Dude, next time we go to record and let me so play. So good, like, mainly just because I'm interested in what the idea is. So, do you follow the idea? And I, I mean, I guess it's the closest way to word it, but I mean, I just I've seen it described by many as Battle Royale for Tetris. I mean, is that essentially pretty the idea? Much.
1: Yeah, there's well, whenever you load in, uh, you have your main Tetris screen, and then on left and right there are 98 other players, and you could actually there. Somewhat minimized, but you can see their Tetris screen as they're playing and how they're building their blocks and stuff. Okay, you could go in and target them, and uh, it's essentially done in like terms of you clearing lines of Tetris. So, like when you clear two lines plus, you send trash over to their side. And what basically what that is is that on the left-hand side of your screen, there's this uh, uh, vertical bar that builds up with gray blocks. Okay. And if you get enough sent to you without clearing out uh, your lines quick enough, then you'll actually get blocks added to your Tetris line from the very bottom and rise you up. Ooh. So you have to clear out the gray blocks, too, which it actually works well because everybody knows in Tetris you have to have a... On uh, the very baseline of the game, or any baseline for that matter, you have to have shapes that go all the way across, to yeah, both sides, uh, yeah, and and form a complete line, and then you will eliminate that line. The gray blocks actually act as that. So, like if you have gray blocks build you all the way up one side, and you have a one gap, you could turn the little blue long boy uh, vertical and shoot them all the way down and clear out four blocks, four four complete uh, rows, lines. Of, yeah, rows yeah rows of Tetris at or Tetris blocks in that one go. So. That, uh, like, I've been watching Scrubs and playing that. I did start, um,. Wargroove. I don't know why I can never remember the name oh, of that game. Oh, yeah, Wargroove, yeah. yeah. I did start Wargroove. I didn't get far. I did literally the the very first mission where you go in for the king at the castle. So.
0: so, are you at all interested in Wargroove and the the aspect that lets you make your own campaigns in it? No, probably not. I mean, maybe like depending on
1: the character standpoint of it because
0: no, I mean, that was just a, a curiosity because I, I mean, can
1: like set up a game of like or a story of like my own made characters, then mm-hmm. that would be pretty cool. But I don't so, know what the possibilities are. Am that I is. right on
0: Wargroove being a turn-based strategy game it's advanced wars uh, that's it's, that's what i was gonna say actually but it's
1: advanced wars mixed with like uh tactics in a sense i guess because it is grid-based but at the same time it's the same as fire emblem so this okay. is what's keeping me held till fire emblem this coming year but i haven't i literally started that today so i plan since we're gonna have a hotel room for saturday and sunday night i plan that's gonna be my only form of entertainment other than um something cool my hotel room is doing i don't know if this is common or not but like the TV in our hotel room is a 55-inch 4K TV. I actually actually am curious to see if it's a TLC or TCL TV because that place is massive, and if that's the same in every room. But my TV comes with Hulu. Amazon video and Netflix all built in. Yeah. And it's been a long time since i stayed
0: at a hotel, but that's, that's been cool. fairly common in most of the hotels I've been. So when we went to San Francisco, uh, you gave that information on the site. And when you log, when you went to the bedroom, they had you as your own guest thing set up that they could do from the top and send out to your room. And it would log you out of your account whenever your checkout time was. So when you went there, I didn't even have to put any of my stuff in. It was already there and I could just click on any of the services I already use. And then it's just, it just pops up and works that easy. Yeah. And then See? whenever, and then whenever you, check out it automatically logs your account out, and you get like email notifications saying this is logged out this is logged out i thought that was cool uh but i see you what saw you mean it now yeah, yeah. I see what you mean in discord good for, times for those that um, don't
1: uh join our discord go ahead it's fun uh but yeah
0: that's cool i mean I, it's, it's been not so long i had to go to a hotel room whenever hannah was doing her board test and whatnot we had to stay in dallas for her to do her uh state test for being able to do hair so yeah, it's not been too long
1: the crazy thing is, is this hotel room is almost the house of my apartment
0: yeah dang man. So, like, I remember you telling me that yeah, but that's just wild it,
1: it, it costs as much as my rent if not just a tad bit more than my rent a month for two days at this hotel room and then it's bigger or it's as big it's actually I think it's like 25 feet smaller than my apartment is So i
0: was balling out over here so, going all Gucci we're gonna have
1: like a big old we have this big old jacuzzi tub we're gonna throw a bath bomb in and like I'm that because I hate human interaction like we, me and Annie actually got into an argument the other day about <laughs> runs a podcast. I hate human interaction like I, I, like i can't only take so much because i 'm introverted, I have to recharge my batteries. me and Annie actually got into an argument the other day because it originally I swear she wanted a wedding, but now it said now she says she didn't so or she didn't care if we didn't have one and I'm like, if you would have said that, I would have known I would have remembered because i didn't want one i didn't care to have one now that we're having one i don 't care, but like if like literally if I could have just taken six days off like I am now and then just had like relaxation time or whatever and like spend a
0: weekend in Dallas like we're doing. Yeah. Without
1: worrying about like the catering coming and then yeah, like, and
0: all the stress that comes with yeah, wedding. like tomorrow, or and, not tomorrow and like you said the social aspect of it where I every one to, of the people that's there are people that you know and, and like for the most part i'm sure yeah but it's just taking them in all at once as opposed to small pre-planned times like i know how yeah. you are like you're well, like well, i'm gonna hang out here and i'm gonna do it here and we're gonna do it we're I'm gonna, gonna plan ahead of time
1: i'm gonna let you know because i don't know if you if i've t- told you this yet or not and this does not really apply to anybody but hey wedding planning in a way um like everybody's gonna be gone by seven
0: yeah, okay. you, you told me that. Yeah,
1: everybody's like it starts at four. The reception, the 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 actual ceremony is at four. The reception's gonna be like at four fifteen because I do not know like this is gonna be a very quick and easy uh, ceremony. And then the chicken will get there at four forty five because we're getting Babe's chicken. Shout out to anybody near Fort Worth, try it out. It's really really good home cooked mm, like food meals. Uh, really good fried chicken with really good like homestyle sides and uh. Like pretty much once everybody eats, it's like, all right, guys, we're gonna hang out for like thirty or forty five minutes. And get out. Yeah. And then they're gonna come back and get all the, all the crap from the catering. But okay, because we gotta. I didn't realize hotels had check in times. So like that yes. you're supposed to meet.
0: But you don't have to.
1: Well, I'm glad. Well, I most of them you don't. Yeah, like they told me that they were like, I didn't. It wasn't until like I was looking at my booking email and they were like, this has become time. a marriage
0: podcast real
1: quick. It did. I was like, booking time, marriage 4:00 talks, four p.m. And I was like, uh-oh, that's the time of my wedding. So I can't meet that check-in time. So I called them, and they're like, yeah, we can extend it. What did you want us to extend it to? I'm like, eight. I'm like, it takes us 45 minutes to get from my other brother's house in Fort Worth to the hotel we're going to in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And eight o'clock. And they are like, okay. So I need everybody out and wrapped up by, like, seven. So then we can leave at, like, 7.05 with impending traffic to get there. Yeah. And then, yeah, then I'll have room service uh me and joe and then annie's brother and annie we're gonna go hang out in dallas on if y'all are staying y'all are welcome to join but i doubt you're gonna want to stay in dallas or not
0: pretty sure i'm not yeah um, is i don't even know if blaze is coming to my wedding i need to text he him. he is but he's gonna be sleeping while i'm driving okay so it's you hannah and blaze and y'all are just okay, yes cool. the jess can't come anyway we'll move on into the rest you, of the show either yeah, way I saw, i'm, I'm if, happy for you what man you've been playing? I, the, but the stress is the bad part of it yeah so, i sat um, down with you when i
1: got here i'm like we need to i'm like i hate to be that guy but we need to make this short
0: and now you've just and ranted about your wedding ranted about it
1: because i needed to get off my chest and we're like 45 minutes to 50 minutes out of what i have to be gone by
0: <laughs> look we'll, we'll we'll get through this it'll be okay uh anyway i've been playing mainly anthem i went against the grain as we'll get into in the news anyway it took the risk and uh ended up being that what i thought it wasn't as big of a deal as everybody was making it out to be uh but either way i was playing it because i was enjoying it and i just took the risk and said you know what you only live once so you just got to play games that you enjoy and oh well so, I've been playing that pretty much exclusively. I don't think I've. Oh, I, I tried out Apex finally. Dude, Apex um, is good. I, it's a well made game, and I clearly see why people are enjoying it. And I do think of all the ones I've even seen played, like actually sitting, because I've seen people play Fortnite. I've seen people play PUBG, uh, and, I've, and I've played a little bit of Blackout and seen people play Back Blackout. Yeah, Blackout. Play but Blackout of all of them, us. even Blackout, and I was actually surprised at that. Of all of them, I oddly enough, I find that apex is either right there directly tied with terms of like obvious quality in terms of the way everything looks works and feels yeah uh with call of duty and that was a, a surprise to me if it wasn't you know it may even exceed or just go under it a little bit i saw you um, jump into a party
1: with jonathan and i was sad because i was like he set his party limit to three and there was an, there was somebody
0: offline i'm assuming it's dylan yes it was yeah. i didn't know dylan's the one who set the party up or Jonathan, I guess, was, but we were. Jonathan came over that night and we were playing. Oh, so, yeah. I was
1: like, dang it. I'm like, they're probably all three playing. That's the one crux about that game is that. It, it, who's the fourth friend? Yeah. It's like the same as
0: Destiny. Yep. You always have and somebody Anthem, who's sure left out. Anthem, no, Anthem is four, four. Yeah. And I'm, I'm happy about that. um But we'll go on. Uh, one thing I wanted to do with this episode is, uh, and moving forward, actually. Uh, we've done a lot of experimentation on the show about how we want to do different things in terms of, um, setting up for the topic where we want the topic to be in the show and stuff. And we've decided to mostly keep it the same though. We did take the reader mail out, but one of the side effects of taking the reader mail out is at the point when we had reader mail in, that was essentially the only, uh, community interaction during the episode that was there. And now that we've taken that, taken that out and had a complete community interaction episode, uh, with the reader mails, um, I wanted to try and find a way to work it back in And one of the things that we did for a while that I really Like Saul and this is going back a bit now uh, There was like a good 10 to 20 episode run where we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do topic-wise, announce it early, and then let everybody kind of get their ideas in, and we would go over what we thought and then kind of work in people's ideas. We ended up going away from that because it made it hard to be topical in ways that we wanted because sometimes we would announce a topic just to come in and go, ah, but I really want to talk about this because this came up and it's just on my mind and I really want to say something about it. So we decided to... Go off, change that so we could be a little bit more flexible with what the topics were. But I think in the spirit of keeping up with that, what we're going to do now is we're going to essentially invert that. We're going to go to where at the beginning of every episode, before we go into the drop of the news, we're going to do a short segment that's essentially like last week on Triangle Squared or whatever, you know, uh, where we talk about – we kind of go over what we talked about very quickly. And essentially we really look at things that P- certain community members have said uh, back about their thoughts to the topics at hand. So at this time it was about the value of PS plus and ways that the, the service and the services around that service. So the PlayStation ecosystem as a whole may be able to build themselves up to be a little more valuable or perceived valuable to the people. Uh, and there was a couple that I want to go ahead and shout out and then we'll move on, uh, since we are on a little bit of a time crunch, uh, Mr. No Fate, Sean 1 Neo, thank you, sir, says... a ps plus should offer at least three games one of them being psvr which has been a common thing so i definitely agree with that and i get that uh just like i've seen a common thing of being three games with one of them being a ps2 game um the only reason i think the ps2 game one is unsustainable is because eventually you're going to run out of PS- there's, not that, there's, there's not that many yeah so it depends on when the ps5 is coming how long you want to keep that going it would be a very quick fix but it wouldn't be a long sustainable fix in my opinion um but that was just, that's a quick thing. Uh, the PSVR one is another thing of, uh, you know, even though PSVR is doing really well and it's, you know, leading of that market, I think the only thing about that one in particular that gets you uh, is that a lot of people just don't, I mean, the, still the vast majority, you know, I mean, one, what, 170th of the, <laughs> that's probably a little bit ridiculous, but you know what I mean? I would say maybe 10% of the, not even ten percent. I would actually. say because that, that'd, be, that'd uh, be millions.
1: Yeah, that'd be that'd be
0: almost ten million yeah. at that point. So when, either way, my point being is that there's a very small percentage of PS4 owners who have the PSVR. So making the Making the service seem more valuable by adding a game that most of the people who are paid for that service won't even be able to access is a hard pill to swallow, even though I I do genuinely like the idea. It fits into my idea, though. You get three games, and you get to pick the third one of a VR game or a normal game. I mean, yeah, fair enough. I'm curious as to how that would really go on the back end. I mean, it probably wouldn't go well. Still an interesting idea. He goes further to say, I would make it a tiered service, which is an interesting idea. So online services only, and this is going off of uh, pounds, I, I guess is what that symbol is. Uh, you know us americans or whatever but he goes off of that and he says uh 15 pa so i'm gonna assume that's pounds it's pounds um don't laugh at me i'm laughing at you that's you can laugh how all you want you every time that. i see the two i'm like is it pounds or something the else two. Uh, well, you know the other symbol that looks like um, kind of like the cent symbol, but it's like that. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Look, I'm going to tell you this much. World government currency or whatever, outside of our government currency, I'm not too fresh on, so I uh, hate to tell you that, guys. Uh, anyway, £15 for online services only. PS Plus with one game, 30 uh PS Plus with two games, 40 PS Plus with all three games, $50, which would the, this, tier, the, the tiered would... Yeah. Okay. And the... the the upside to the tiered structure is that if you didn't want the vr game you could pay a tier down and not get the vr game that um, makes sense too. so that would be reasonable and then online plus all three games and ps now for 99 pounds um which sounds pretty in line with what we were talking about the only uh, because uh, i do know even though i don't know the symbol for the pound i know the pound is uh, if i'm not mistaken in a better place uh, in terms of value right now than the us dollar is so um in that mindset the only thing i could see is how do you determine which game is the one game do you is that a, again you just get to choose if you pay for the tier with one game it comes up and goes hey here's the three games which of them do you want to choose that's possible uh, i'm not i mean honestly it's just how easy would it be to do that how much more of a pain does it become to do that which does lead me into uh something that world then said in regards to this over on our discord community sean was on twitter um is let's see he was getting to the point where he was talking about and this is something that we didn't think of in the moment um and i was kind of letting you spearhead it so uh, to be clear i i don't want to say i'm biased but i wanted Saul to kind of spearhead that episode because i don't necessarily <clears throat> come from the viewpoint that ps ps now or PS now ps plus is not a value but well, i'm somebody I'm not who's not a value. i'm just saying be yeah, increased for true, what it is true uh and, and regardless, though, it was just kind of something that you came through. And then I'm from a point where I've seen the service grow a lot in in odd ways, even though it did end up building in the, the price of the um, online services when it moved to PS4. Uh, but anyway, I just not felt like it, so I wanted to see what that was. But he brought up a good point, and that's that PS Now. So our idea, and this was kind of an additive. I think you would agree with that, that the, the – Extra part was letting there be either discounts for the other services or bundling all the services together in well, an I optional said that. bundle. Yeah, uh, so yeah PS something. Now should be cheaper. Yeah, so but I don't way, know how much. You know, we talked about that. So looping together PS Now uh, with PS Plus, we said you know even doing PS Plus and PS Now together for one twenty uh, USD would be pretty interesting, and it would save you a little bit of money while also being a, more of a reason for you to want to go out and do it because you'd also be paying for it all at once. Right. Um, so one of the things that we then brought up with that is. How sustainable is that on a global scale when they've tried doing this thing? And apparently I'm wrong, by the way. I wanted to clear that up. I was really under the impression that the PS4 games, for some reason, I, just, I guess my memory has failed me, was different up until about a year and a half to two years ago between each region but that's mostly been uh, that's not been the case majority of this gen most of the time outside of the occasional EU game or the occasional Asian game um they'll switch one of the two games but for the most part it's been a unified thing where we get the same games across the board on the PS4 uh, PS3 and Vita titles have changed just probably due to the fact that the service has gone different routes in the countries um But with that said, uh, he's saying, you know, with them trying to unify it, you'd think that they would want to go to a global solution. And more importantly, his real point was, if you're going to come up with a solution to make it more valuable, that solution would hopefully be a global scale solution. Uh, And PS Now is not available in a a number of territories and countries. So uh, that side and view as well, just to throw that in there, are are not available in a ton of areas. So, yeah, I mean, but that in terms of looking at how that would improve ps plus's value i don't think we intended that to be ps plus's value in improving as much as making you want to go even deeper into playstation's entire ecosystem Uh, and me and world then talked about this far more at length but um i just thought that was an interesting thing to bring up because yeah i think it would be in a ideal world it would be best to have a solution that works on a global scale i did forget to say that there
1: should be refunds for ps plus members to an extent like one game a month or something like and have time limits on them, like Steam, like an hour, two hours. Well, because like everybody's play, everybody's. This ties into Anthem later on, mm-hmm. but this everybody's pleading for a refund for Anthem digitally. Mm-hmm. Not saying I would get one because I haven't put a lot of time into it, but like I know that there's tons of people that want it, but Sony won't allow it. Yeah, and especially people like Kiki who have it on the Kingdom Hearts PS4. Mm-hmm. And you on the hundred,
0: and, and that's a pretty. And bro, I would actually say that that's the most compelling reason. But I'm sure Sony's argument would be, well, you don't have to play the game until it's fixed. But even then, you like, I'm not, I, I, I'm not confident that it'll ever be fixed. Yeah, it would not only but, that, but it's like you, you know,
1: you are, you allowed this game to be released in this state on your console.
0: Yeah, uh, wait, yeah. Yeah, it's the
1: same with Steam. If games are broken or if anything like that happens in less than two hours, you get the refund.
0: At some level, you have to offer a refund. We saw that happen. So Sony's made rare, uh, you know, exclusions to that, Uh, not doing refunds like with No Man's Sky. Also, uh, (laughs) bless you. Do not
1: ever charge back Sony for a game that you bought. You can call your bank and you could say, Hey, I paid for this game. It's not, I didn't get what I promised. I need to do a chargeback for this amount. It's this number or whatever. Your bank will do that refund. You will be banned, IP banned from
0: PlayStation forever. I've not seen that, but I would also never
1: do that. I've seen multiple people saying that. Pretty interesting. Kiki Kiki was thinking about, uh, he he did call and waste time doing that, trying to get a refund normally. And I told him, I'm like, You could do that. I was like, But it's IP banned. Vince will be banned too. Oh yeah, that's that's even worse. So, don't do that. That's if if you're just
0: Trying to stick it to PlayStation, and you're about to jump ship. Fine, but uh, well, going back to your real quick thing about uh, refunds, that would mean not making PS Plus a better value. That would go back to what I was talking about of you've got to draw a clear line between what would be a PS Now feature and what would be a PS Plus feature. So, like one of them that World then brought up was uh, Share Play, and I didn't actually think about it, uh, but I'm, it makes sense for Share Play to be a PS Plus feature because it requires internet anyway. Does uh,
1: anybody even use Share Play? I mean,
0: yeah, actually. A lot of people use SharePlay. I don't know about a lot, but I mean, people use it. And it's an interesting, unique feature to the console. Is so that fair a, enough. Is,
1: it, is that an actual PlayStation feature though? Yeah. like Or a PlayStation Plus feature? Or is it just PlayStation?
0: Well, apparently it's PS Plus. It's It is behind that, which makes sense because if you're playing games online anyway you have the service used it
1: like what twice
0: yeah actually i've used it uh one time i was trying to at least with uh richard whenever he joined the party on destiny i was trying to i was just letting him mess around and oh yeah i remember that
1: now but like why would that why should that like that's not something you gain is
0: you gain anything for for paying yeah, yeah no but even then what i was getting at is like uh mark um schultz on um twitter today was talking about um you know wanted to see trophy tracking And stuff like that and I was like again that's not something I'd want to see behind the paywall, yeah, of PS the paywall. Plus. That should These just be good. a PSN feature That should just be and actually that would That would be a I mean you could do it as a PSN feature But that would also just be a console Feature you know what I mean at that point it shouldn't Be behind a paywall is my, my general rule Is you got to find that level so like One of the things that um, World End talked About is uh, also Was the at one point in time Sony actually were talking about doing this thing uh, Where they were going to try before you buy and they would leverage their ps now yeah, technology was, to let you stream the game without having to download anything you would just no wait time for downloading uh no hard drive space taken up you just stream the game see if you like it for the however long they let you do it uh and then you go about your business and buy it if you like it uh and he and that while i do like that feature i don't necessarily again i don't think that that should be a feature locked behind specifically ps plus though that one is more reasonable than l- putting something like trophy tracking behind PS Plus. If they were going to do that, it's at that's least just more a, reasonable. That's just an implementation that's more of an incentive to use the service, in my opinion. Exactly, yeah. And and it would be you leveraging online on your PlayStation. So it makes sense yeah. to an extent. If Xbox trophies aren't necessarily inherently linked to it, the internet. That's why I say that it would be something well, that wouldn't need to be behind the They kind of are, aren't they? Like your trophies <clears> don't <throat> sink if you're offline. Yeah, but you, don't, you, ne- you can still earn trophies and never have to get online. Well, I'm talking about you said the trophy system. Well, I mean, I mean trophies in general. Okay. So trophies in general don't ever have to sync. You can get them without ever going online, whereas you can't download or stream a demo without going online. So in a way, it kind of goes, well, why, that would make sense as to why you'd want to tie it into the PS Plus side paywall thing. But I think, again, Sony has been pretty smart about not putting things like Netflix and free to play games behind a paywall. So I don't think that they would do that again. I think it's a, it's a good look to let things that are They usable, did do that last year, didn't they? What? Netflix. No,
1: no. Who no. did that?
0: Xbox still does
1: that. So you have to have Xbox Live Gold to watch Netflix? Yes. That's ridiculous. I think we we had it with Netflix. Well, okay, hold on.
0: I think that that's actually been repealed now. But very like recently, if- according to Blake, and I don't have an Xbox, so I don't want to act like I'm speaking from a point of authority. One thing I do know is that, you know how Sony makes it to where you can play free-to-play games without it? Uh, Xbox does require you to have Xbox Live for Fortnite and the like. So that's one thing to think about yeah
1: Microsoft will drop Xbox Live as a requirement for Netflix and this was five years ago
0: yeah I think it was going into the generations it was because I do remember on the 360 days whenever I worked at GameStop people would have to pay for Xbox Live to watch Netflix so I I, I apologize for that mix up Uh, but anyway I think that's about all that I really wanted to cover <clears throat> on this, But uh, we hope that this encourages y'all to be a little more vocal and sharing y'all's opinions down in the comments below in Discord. Whatever way you want to reach out to us and give us your thoughts. Uh, I think this is a fun idea going back and sharing some of the community's thoughts and what we think about them. And sometimes um, also clearing up when I've misspoken or misremembered or anything like that. So um, those are good things. <clears throat> but with that said, I guess we're going to go ahead and hop into the news and try and make... That quick, which I feel a little bit bad saying, make everything quick. But you know what? Yeah, like I hope you guys understand what the
1: circumstances given for Saul, this week. You're getting married. It's okay. Yeah, I'm getting married. You're lucky we you get episode of heathens. I Ooh, love
0: you guys. a little dictator Saul over here. All right, uh, first thing up: PlayStation's China Hero Project Spring Showcase was this past week, and brought with it, and technically this past week, I'm speaking as if this is Monday. <clears throat> Uh, New game announcements though came from that And among them are AI Limit by Sense Games That's an action role playing game Where you control the heroine uh, Arisa ran lost islands by jolly roger game a cold weapon and i don't know what that means i'm assuming it means non-gun based because it's cold steel you know uh but a cold weapon survival game set in the 17th century which looks kind of cool actually uh convaleria by chingdu loom force don't ever worry about the way i'm saying these words because i don't know how to uh a third person online shooter game that contains both pve and pvp elements um and that's interesting. It didn't go into any more. I wonder if this is something that's trying to break into the free-to-play market. I would imagine not. But interesting idea either way. Uh, Nightmare, a dark fairy tale horror adventure game that explores self-salvation. FIST, which is F-I-S-T with you know an acronym. It's a working title. Uh, it's a Metroidvania game that sees the player take control of a rabbit that can manipulate a big mech arm that it has on its back that takes place in a diesel punk, which I assume is just like a... Slightly different aesthetic to steampunk. Does that sound right? So, have you ever heard the word diesel punk? I've never heard that term before. So, but I
1: feel like that's uh, what cyberpunk, steampunk, Uh-oh. grunge punk.
0: <laughs> anyway, it's a diesel punk world where he fights against an evil robot army, and the art looks crazy for it, um, which is pretty funny. Ano uh, or ano a n n o mutationum. Uh this is a 2D pixel art game that also has some 3D hybrid stuff in it. It's an action game that takes place in a dystopian future where you kind of go through and there's it has some of the it has concepts are you can see like a destroyed city and one that's like a big almost like a it's funny you mentioned cyberpunk it's almost like a cyberpunk looking car. You know the car with the uh, Anytime I hear dystopian future <clears throat> I think of cyberpunk stuff. Like, well and not, it's like that and it's uh, the car the um what's that um Delorean. Not, well I mean DeLorean too but what's the so Cyberpunk had the car that was very reminiscent of the Harrison Ford movie that they just made a new one on Blade, Blade Runner. Runner thank you um, I don't remember seeing a car like that in Blade Runner am, am I just mistaken I, I, I think you are I might be somehow I uh, conflating two things I'm not sure uh, anyway the next game up is uh, I hate this word because I get where they're going for I hope this is a working title evo tinction Oh,
1: you are talking about the new blade runner yes that car yes that does not look like the car in, in the other game to me because the just because the taillights the yeah, body style. Enough, but i just
0: mean the body yeah style. that's
1: i didn't get that because i'm thinking <clears> of the <throat> real cool line wraparound taillights that the cyberpunk car
0: had sure yeah it's a pretty cool looking car uh, anyway evo tinction by spike wave games it's a third person stealth game with hacking mechanics set in the near future and this part's actually cool i just I know that's what the name is referring to. It's just awful. Uh, it aims to discuss the relationship between evolution and extinction as technology continues to develop, and develop, which is a blessing and a threat to human life as we move forward in terms of as we are now, which is pretty interesting because, you know, there's been a lot of people that talk about uh, – I don't know what you'd want to call it, but essentially extinction by forced evolution into computers, like we, like some people have talked about, where eventually we'll just completely drop our body and take our consciousness if we can ever figure this like out, and dump hybrids. it into. A <laughs> anyway, dump it into a computer uh, and just live in a simulation, um, or not even really a simulation. I mean, essentially a simulation, but that's interesting you know that i don't think we'll ever see that in our lifetime but who knows? i don't know that we'd ever want that but i guess the idea is that if you can make it seamless where you don't even realize you're necessarily in a simulation other than being told it but like audio and visual wise it feels like you're completely there uh it's pretty interesting though uh game looks all right has a real cool dark vibe to it uh anyway though outside of that Outside of the new games, we also got a short update from the team working on Lost Soul Aside, which is that very Final Fantasy slash Devil May Cry-esque game that they showed off. It looks so beautiful. Go check it out if, you're, if that sounds interesting at all to you and you've not heard of this. Um, they announced that development is going smoothly, as well as news that Immortal Legacy, the Jade Cipher terribly long name announced under the working title kill X originally, uh, is coming to PSVR on March 20th. And they also showed off a glimpse of the campaign for hardcore Mecca, which was originally announced under the working title code hardcore. So if you kept up with any of the China projects hero last year, um, that's what's going on. And actually, I saw earlier from Ryan on Twitter, we're going to use him as a source on this, but I think he's right. Uh, Sony announced that they were, or maybe not even announced, but you can infer reasonably that Project X, was is one of the things they showed off uh, in the past China Project Hero, uh, has been canceled and the developer behind it is apparently no longer around and their website's been closed off. So part of game making and definitely this China Project Hero, which are very small developers, getting a, a kind of a shine uh, no whatever the spotlight uh for these things that's pretty interesting uh basal you want to know the best news it's not really the best news but it's pretty cool you uh, yeah, want to see it's it just, yeah uh, gearbox has updated borderlands 2 vr to version 2.0 which adds support for the aim controller peripheral which is what i said they should have done at launch i cannot wait for vr <clears throat> games to not have floating hands why and this goes back to the thing I I still hope that somewhere along the line they're planning to add co-op back into this.
1: Yeah, it's just it's a big missed opportunity because that game is fun on your own but it's a blast with friends. It's, yeah,
0: way more fun with friends. Yeah. And that's my you know my big criticism when they first announced it was that it did not support the aim controller which is such an obvious. Yeah, that's a big miss. What's funny is they showed off the new gameplay, right? With it yeah, and I it looks so much smoother. They it's know. like this is what I wanted from the get-go. It's, it's it just, makes way more sense in trying to move freely than trying to use move controllers for motion. It's just it's it's really hard to do. Most people don't really like the teleportation, but for the people that can get over the teleportation, it's an option. Yeah, for the people that try and do me. smooth movement with a VR, it it's just it's not a good work. It just doesn't work out at all. Do you need a charger? Yeah, I do.
1: I apologize for this interruption to Triangle Square to PlayStation Podcast, where I've been using my laptop too much for this planning that it died on me. The the sad thing is, it had 25% when we first started. The
0: upside is that our laptops are the same charger. Yeah, same brand. Same everything. Uh, Anyway, I I just love that. To me, I thought it was really cool of them. And I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and play the game. Though... To be clear, I didn't actually have to buy the game. Uh, Sean May, friend of the show, uh, he gave me his copy that he got with his PSVR bundle, and I was originally intending to play it, and I never got around to it, and I was just kind of like, well, I'll play it eventually. Now I have a real reason to play it, and I said I would play this if they added this functionality, so I'm going to. My only hope now is that they realize, for as obvious as it was to have had this game support the aim controller at launch, in my opinion, uh, and for them to at least see that and add it in post, maybe they'll do the same with um, maybe they'll do the same with co-op and add it in and post and we'll be able to play that way because I just feel like what a, what better a way than to make a and it's unfortunate that it's not at launch because at launch when you have all of the you know support behind it and the marketing weight behind it uh, and just the general hype behind it, uh, it would have been awesome to say, not only is this a recreation of Borderlands 2, a game you know and love, but it's also supporting the aim controller for fast, smooth, fluid gunplay, and you can play with your friends. Bam. It would have made for a killer announcement. And I already know a lot of people viewed it as a killer announcement for VR, but I just felt like it was lacking obvious steps.
1: It's weird for me. What What is something, if I say Borderlands 2, what is the first thing in that game you think of? Personally? Yeah. I mean, co op? No, no, no. I'm thinking about like inside the
0: game. (laughs) Oh, inside the game? Claptrap. It's weird. I think of the Minecraft area they had in it. I don't even remember that. You don't. There's like, but okay, I did not beat Borderlands two. It's, it's I beat one, and I played about half of two on PS3, but that was with Jonathan, and I enjoyed the game. I just never got back around to it because I never bought it for myself. Yeah, they, what they
1: had like um, skins for it, and everything inside the game, wow. and there was like a little area like that that had like Minecraft blocks and it had like creepers in them. Uh, that's kind of cool. Running around, yeah, and yeah. it's it's one of those cool things. that's like that, I assume that that made its way back over to VR. I would hope so, yeah, because it was a really cool area and that game came out right around the time Minecraft was really, really big because it came out in 2012.
0: (laughs) Minecraft's still really, really big, but when Minecraft was just starting to get really, really big. It's exploding again, too. Yeah. Which is nuts. Exploding. Uh, oh, ha creeper jokes. Good times. Anyway, Hi. moving on to the next thing. PS4 has been updated to firmware 6.50, adding in remote play support for iOS devices. So if you have an iPhone or an iPad, you can load up and do remote play over to that. The ability to choose 720p when broadcasting via Nico Nico, which is apparently only available in certain countries. Um, and the ability to, ta- to change the button assignment, and this is what I said, to perform Enter. Option uh interoperations in certain countries and regions so i don't know if that's talking about flipping over to where you and which i thought was already in button mapping where you can make xbo and obx and all that stuff you can in accessibility right so i don't know what this is absolutely talking about and why it would be limited to certain things so i'm not clear what that is yeah, i'm that's, just
1: i, I thought yeah, i, I for, thought for sure you could
0: yeah i'm fairly positive you can anyway the update weighs in at 442 megabytes so if you uh Want to play online? you got to go do that. Uh, next up, though, Activision has decided to join Bethesda's review policy, at least, in the case of Sekiro, as they will not be sending review codes out for the game to journalists or YouTubers. So don't expect any reviews prior to launch unless people did some unsavory stuff to get it. Yep. I've seen streamers play the game and have like previews for it. Yeah, previews is a whole other ball game. They've shown the game off, but like, why do I just like do a full review? Yeah, dude. I yeah. don't know why they're choosing to do this. It may be in the same and I say the same vein, but really different because Kingdom Hearts did a lot of things specifically to try and keep people from ruining parts of the game uh, of a long-running series. On a game like this, which is the first of its kind, I don't know what they might be trying to do. It's because that at the end mm. of the game, there are great ones, and it turns out this is an actual sequel to Bloodborne. I mean, it's well, see, but I feel like any reviewer worth their salt that's and, completely made up by the way yeah, i, I know, thought that's a spoiler No, i'm just making any sure reviewer worth their salt would not put something that pivotal and fun and interesting in a review you know what i mean but, so i I, mean, who, I do i i thought it was odd when when bethesda said that they were doing it that way but the well, one see thing why
1: bethesda was doing it that way i've seen i actually watched five minutes of a 30 minute gameplay segment of that game actually it was two hours not 30 minutes of Sekiro. of Sekiro, and i was just sure. like i just want to see how this runs I saw that it runs good, looks good, and plays good. I'm done. Like yeah, I was exactly
0: like, what you needed to know. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, fair enough. I just think it's a, it's an interesting thing to see more people following this suit. I want to say that Bethesda's reasoning behind it was to be more transparent with. I, I don't know. It was it was it sounded like PR mumbo jumbo at the time, and it still does. I mean it, it's proven to be at that point for Bethesda. I mean cuz Well, to but they, the first one of the first games they did it with was Doom 2016, which was a hit. So I, I, it wasn't like they were trying a lot of people said they're trying to cover up a bad game, but obviously Doom 2016 is a beloved game. I think they they thought they might have been taking a risk
1: with it, so they were kind of worried I'm also cu- like curious about the DRM they would have had on it and like for our console or our PCs that could have very well been leaked earlier than anticipated. See, I just
0: I don't know. That's what, I mean that's, that's it's full of a lot of questions. I just don't I've never seen Activision do this before, and I'm curious if to see if they're going to keep doing it moving forward. <laughs> there's like,
1: there's like a rumor going around that, um, speaking of like leaks and stuff, like Jason Schreier is like Shinobi, <laughs> and then all the pictures that Shinobi has been posted of himself are actually Jason Schreier. I mean, I, or not of him, but of somebody else, and then it's actually Jason Schreier.
0: Man. I don't know about any of that. Moving on, though, the next thing, Days Gone was recently shown at length to journalists and influencers. Uh, I think they get to play three hours of the game, uh, revealing a lot of info about the game as well as the full map for the game. Uh, Interesting bits of info come in the way of confirming a 30-ish hour game with about six hours of cutscenes for the game, as well as changes made throughout development. Uh, And this is actually something that originally uh, was brought to my attention by World End, so thank you for that. I went and found it. Very interesting read, so one of the things that I thought was really cool uh to see was that apparently in early tests for the game um from their original plan, p- they found that players did not like Deacon for about the first eight hours of his the game. personality, so they had to go back and rewrite and re record some stuff and change some stuff around to make Deacon feel like a more likable character, and in that one of the things they, they found made him a more likable character was taking away what was originally intended to be uh, decision-based gameplay. They took away decisions in favor of a stronger linear narrative, which I feel like made it easier for them to tie certain things that would make Deacon more likable while also making for a stronger story. Because one of the things I talk about all the time, and I, I think it was in that reader mail that didn't go up, where I say so many games, I think actually it was reader mail three, so it went up, I'm pretty sure, that... A ton of these story based or these decision based story games, most of them fall flat on trying to really do the one thing that they're, that they, they they say, oh, it's an amazing story with a bunch of different branching endings. But it's like I talked about with Metro even last episode. The way Metro did it, and apparently also one thing to clear up, Metro has always had multiple endings, and I was unaware of that. I did not know that, and I played through all all the way through. Me, me 20, too. I played through all of them, and I did not know that. But I, this game made it more obvious to me while still being in the background and not I don't making, remember, you know.
1: Because I played it on Xbox One all the way through, and then I, I I have it on PS4, but I bought it on sale and played a little bit of it. Yeah. But I don't I don't remember there being choices in the game.
0: Well, there's not choices. It's about dynamic gameplay. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. That's, so what, that's what I was getting about. Metro do. 3 is, uh, yeah, or Exodus, whatever, is just about the way you play the game. So very Dishonored-like where if you kill more or if you do certain things without you even knowing, you've made a decision in the way that you dynamically and naturally play the game that's going to affect the way the game plays out, which I like. Yeah. I actually like that. Uh, but this was more like, cut and dry decisions like go do this or go do this and and that was one of infamous Second Son's biggest weak points it made for a story that wasn't it wasn't able to be attached to the same way that one or two even did and definitely two two was a pinnacle of that Um, they made They just didn't capitalize on the choice-based decisions in a way that felt good or fun. Uh, It just felt boring and very bland and black and white and no real depth. So I think taking that away was probably a smart decision, and I'm glad to hear that. Um, But there's other things, if you want to look into it, that were changed. Uh, It's a pretty interesting little read. Uh, Next up, though, Remedy Entertainment's Control, which was revealed at E3 last year, if y'all remember. or Actually, I think it was revealed a little bit before that, but it was shown off at E3 last year. Game Awards. It was shown off at the Game Awards. You're right, and then we saw it at E3 in action. Yeah. Yeah, I might um, be
1: wrong on that, but I, I thought that's what it was.
0: Either way, uh, according to Game Informer, uh, it is due out this summer. No, nothing more specific than that, uh, which is probably a reasonable thing to assume because Game Informer have announced that the game is going to be their cover story uh, for their April issue. So I'm sure we're going to get an actual release date sometime throughout the April month of coverage, thing that they, they like to do. Uh, so we'll figure that out. Uh, Next thing up, Mortal Kombat 11 was revealed to continue with NetherRealm's choice to use their highly modified Unreal Engine 3 as opposed to moving forward into Unreal Engine 4, as they've done with all of their games this gen. So Mortal Kombat 10, also that way, Uh, that was what they did, even though it was a cross-gen game with the first Injustice, and even into Injustice 2, and now Mortal Kombat 11. But I'll say this, some people are asking why they won't just move up, why do it when you have to? Because... The one thing I'll say it can cause there's major not a complications. There is not another fighting game this generation that looks as good as Injustice 2 did. Mm-mm. There's not and, well, and maybe, now apparently Dead or Alive it looks really really good. I mean, okay, may, maybe Dead or Alive. I don't know cuz I haven't played it, but I would be a little just knowing the way that thing is, I'm sure it's a good-looking game and it probably looks and performs better than Soul Calibur did. But netherrealm is one of the only people and partially because their sales are that way that are doing these really really high end triple a fighting games with this kind of production value uh definitely when you're t- when you're going into cutscene and voiceover and stuff it's a lot of games have dropped that you know yeah. uh definitely in the fighting game genre uh so i thought that was pretty interesting but mortal kombat 11 looks fantastic so Good on them. Uh, and one interesting thing to point out, they're not the only people that have done that this gen, even though it was earlier this gen. Uh, Rocksteady did the same thing when they were developing uh, Arkham Knight. They kept their modified version of Unreal 3 instead of switching over to I thought Arkham 4. Knight was under Unreal 4. Nope. Unreal wow. 3. Wow. Yep and that was it's optimized so, really well. For so many people old as were surprised because it looked beautiful, you yeah. know. I mean at a time when Unreal Engine 3 was kind of mocked at for always looking too plastic, sheeny, and the same in almost every game, you know, you'd see a, a character model and go, I know that that's an Unreal Engine 3 character model. Yeah. There was actually a really interesting uh thing because Unreal Engine 3 was still the most common one. Dude, um, <clears throat> Do you remember, or did you ever see, or, or i probably at least talk to you about it, uh, the American McGee's Alice game that was on there? Yeah, so, you talked to me about it. Okay. Uh, so Alice Madness Returns was a, a, a game last year and that used Unreal Engine 3. Uh, and there was a really cool how they made it kind of video, like a little documentary, uh, talking about the making of it. And there were people, like the, the interviewers asking them about working on Unreal Engine 3 and the hardships of that for a game like what they were doing. And they went into all these things they had to do to make Unreal Engine 3 not look like Unreal Engine 3 as much as possible for that game so that's pretty interesting yeah,
1: it uh, wasn't doom like uh
0: doom on xbox not at well, xbox one wasn't that unreal 3 i don't know it's always been the uh, id tech 3 uh, if you're talking about the original doom 3 maybe it's just because of how sheeny Unre-
1: they both look yeah they
0: both look that ugly. game had a lot of weird overly glared lights i and wonder stuff. about prey on uh prey from like 2006 too i don't know about that one That one probably is a ah, That's a good question I don't know Uh, I'm gonna move on While you look that up though PS4 exclusive Judgment Which is known in Japan As Judgment Eyes If you've seen Uh, It's set in the world Of Yakuza It gets a western release Date of June 25th Uh, Physically, with PS Store users able to pre-order the game for early access on June 21st. So if you want to nab it early, do that. A cool tidbit of information that I saw about this game uh, was that the localization team has two English strips for the game. So this ties into something that I've seen other people talk about where a lot of the times they'll do the Japanese one. Excuse me, they'll watch the Japanese version of an anime because they like the translation better than what the English version gets because they changed the English version to make it Kind of a maximal. Uh. Make it sound and feel the most right when a person's actually voice acting it, yeah. Versus it being something that you would never hear somebody say in the in you know in our language. So I thought that was pretty cool. So what they did is that there's one uh, script for the English audio and one for the Japanese audio. That's a more literal and direct translation, as opposed to the script being for the English audio that's rewritten for the purpose of being voice acted and sounding like people would actually say those things in English. And I think that's great uh, and that's a cool idea. I, I know a lot of people i've heard say they don't they don't really care for the english voice acting uh so it's nice to have both options if you want it to feel more english true like things that you would expect to hear somebody say in our society um then you have that option but if you want to go more towards the true you know interpretation of the original uh you know script that's pretty cool i like that idea uh couple more things EA have announced at their uh, annual EA Play event this year they will not be hosting a conference instead opting for multiple live streams that will air throughout the first two days of the event with EA saying quote bringing you more of what you've told us you want more gameplay and insights from the teams making the games this is probably a good move EA gets made fun of a lot during E3 yeah it
1: does it was not it wasn't a bad E three
0: last year either. It wasn't but they still
1: got made fun of Well, you remember the, the host th- was terrible, first of all. And then the the whole Star Wars thing was terrible because of the host.
0: And then the uh the, the segment where they had the I think it was for the football or something where they came out with the jerseys on. It was just crazy. Well it
1: was it was that specific segment and yeah. then the uh Command & Conquer at the end.
0: Oh yeah, the phone one. Yeah. That's what somebody else said. They're like <laughs> we're gonna miss the really Excuse poorly me. chosen phone reveal, you know? either way uh moving along interesting report showing uh where the industry currently is this is something we normally wouldn't cover on this in terms of it's not pertinent to playstation as a whole but i guess it's pertinent to the way that the industry might be leading and it it may even back up some of Saul's claims uh but microsoft's xbox maverick that we've seen as a little code name is reportedly a discless xbox one called the xbox one s all digital edition which i'm not gonna lie Whoever did the marketing, if this is the name, should have seen through the fact that the, the most obvious thing is that people are going to look at it and say, the Xbox One sad edition. It's an obvious joke, but I guess for marketing purposes, staying true to the market in a way where even average consumers can look at the console and say, oh, I completely understand what this is because it's a really basic name, but it's also incredibly long and a mouthful Depending on the price, I'm gonna pick one up. I'm really curious if it's 4K Blu-ray. I feel no. Oh no, you're right. It's discless. Never (laughs) mind. See, I'm an idiot. No, what's funny is I had that slight thing in my head too. I was like, "Oh, Xbox One could that could be 150 or under." I was like, "I'll get it for no." (laughs) Well, see, here's the
1: thing: is that I was like Halo Master Chief Collection. Apparently, on Monday they're having an announcement, uh, and they actually used the uh, MCC like header as the Xbox announcement thingy. So it's like that's
0: probably coming to PC. I Yeah, I wonder. That would be really cool. Either way, I just thought that was interesting, and that does kind of back up what Saul always says, that we may be actually all digital. Now, there's a big difference between this. This is is an all-digital console, while Saul is talking about a future that doesn't even use disk anymore. But this is one step closer to that, the fact that there's going to be a a console release that is all digital. But you know what? Slap back to PlayStation Portable. Do you all remember the PSP Go? I was just looking up about that. They're still like $300 for it. Yeah, they're very expensive. You can't even buy anything on them anymore. You have to buy them on your
1: PS3 and then transfer them over.
0: You can't? Oh, yeah, because the PS store shut down for PSP games. Is that right?
1: So unless you're going to do some um, possibly illegal stuff on it. Some, Some
0: magic. Yeah, but that just goes to show it's one of those interesting things where you can see PlayStation has had a very odd, and so has Microsoft in their own thing, but PlayStation has a, had a really odd go of doing things at the wrong time, because the PSP Go is something that They're people would jump at, all dirt. over now if they would still be in the market for something like that, but it's just, they, they were way too early to it, and people hated that console because of that. It, yeah. But it's funny because now it's got like a reverence behind it because it's small, light, easy to carry, all digital. It's what people are used to now because gaming and the internet and everything supports it way easier than it did back in 2008 or whenever it was that, that thing came out. Maybe 2009. I can't remember. 2009, I think. Either way, I just thought it was interesting. Maybe 2010, actually, because I remember the PSP Go coming out. It was before Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep came out because everybody was mad that that was not going to be a digital title. So you couldn't play it if you bought a PSP October Go. October 1st, 2009. 2009 there you go all right uh next November couple things
1: in japan
0: we are back to rumor time in the show which points to another retailer leak of one of playstation's big three release dates uh so this time a swedish retailers page for the game shows that ghost of tsushima is apparently set to release august 30th before quickly removing the date from the page now i've seen a couple people say that this is likely a placeholder date but but that's unlikely, because placeholder dates are are typically the last day of the month. Um, in a situation like this, the 30th is not the last day of the month. The 31st is in August, and the 30th is a Friday. I'm not saying the Ghost of Tsushima is coming this year. That's too close to me. But that's interesting, because that is a date which really could be a release date. You know what I mean? So... And the other thing that moves into the next one, while we're on the topic of the big three, Kojima revealed that Death Stranding is, quote, slightly, end quote, behind its original schedule, though stressed that it is not by much, which I'm sure he didn't want to get dogpiled by the people that say he's, uh, you know, he takes forever to make games. But, uh, you know, in that kind of working. Say that, you know, we we've thought for a little while that we might actually get Death Stranding this year while the other two may be next year. Well, what if Death Stranding's thing is pushed that back and that Ghost of Tsushima is going to be ready, but Sony was originally going to slot it for 2020, but now that Death Stranding needs to move back, they're going to pull it forward. Where would Last of Us still fit in here? October, possibly. Two months after Ghost? Yeah. That that would be a, essentially a good month in between, and I think that that would support it. That's what they did uh, early last year when they did God of War and then waited two months and, and then, then did her, Detroit uh, and then waited two months. And I mean, that's kind of their... They've been doing that for a little bit. They did that same thing whenever Horizon and everything near was coming Near Horizon, up. yeah. yeah. What's near was not a right, not no, real exclusive, big but games. still, their big games are big enough games. Um, so it's interesting to see that, but I... I see so many people saying that there's no possible way The Last of Us are Ghosts this year, but I think that one of these big three is coming this year. Now it's just a case of which one. And since we've not heard anything about The Last of Us or Ghost being behind schedule, we are only left to imagine it's got to be one of those two, if not both. So we will see. It's just an interesting thing. And then that moves us on to the last news thing, excuse me, which is going to kind of act as the main a topic. segue into the main topic um so the big news that's unavoidable this week is that anthem was a source of controversy as it was reported that the game was bricking some users ps4 consoles after crashing this was found to be untrue as the issues were fixed by going into safe mode and rebuilding the database Appor- ac- apparently the people who were saying this didn't know that didn't do that whatever it was found to be That this has not happened and BioWare has not been able to find an actual case of this happening that hasn't been able to be fixed. So that part is good. Yeah. But it's still a really overall look, uh, negative look, uh, and it stirred a lot of negativity around the title with it being EA as well. And, of course, it did a lot of negative uh, PR for BioWare. So – But they have announced that they've been made aware of the issue, they're working to fix it as soon as possible, and we actually have an end goal for that. So right now it looks like the current patch, the next one up, is aimed for March 12th, which is the day after this video will go live. Um, That patch aims to change a multitude of things in the game, around 300 according to Bioware, uh, as well as solve the crashing issues on the PS4 for good. We'll see if that holds true, but I would imagine that they know this is make or break and that they're going to do everything in their power, Uh, as well as it was announced they were working close with Sony to fix this issue. So it's something that I think is going to be fixed in a way that makes sense and not an empty promise, but we'll see. Cause it, I mean, this could easily be a game of negative, negative, negative after everything and, and end up in the same way that Fallout 76 did, where Even you though just I'd can't say, catch a break because it just keeps messing up.
1: I'd say it's they're possible. doing a fair job of listening to players and then updating things around what players
0: want. Very quickly, because uh, I didn't put them all. Of the 300 things, and they didn't even announce them all, there's some that are just completely who knows, but they had a good list of things they were showing off, and I want to list a couple of these out because they actually, as somebody who is playing the game, these sound great. So the other changes are things like miscalculated drop rates, so they're going to work that around to where you'll get the right drops you're supposed to be getting more often. Uh, Once you hit level 30, you will no longer get common or um, uncommon items at all dropped which is nice that's something that they should have learned from destiny as well where eventually you just don't want to get those items because you're not you know it's like you're past those you don't need to be doing those in endgame um they're doing weapon balancing because they found that the way that the game's scale system works so that people who are lower level can still play with people who are higher level um right i know the one thing is the coolest yeah but anyway um they did um Apparently there was a gun, a level Actually, one, two
1: things that are in a that level
0: cool. one defender rifle in the game was apparently the strongest weapon in the game, even past masterworked guns because of the way the scaling system worked. Well, that's broken. So that was super broken. But they said that's a quick, that's just a small bug, easy to fix. So that's going to be fixed. Uh, they're adding a thirty second respawn timer in place of a respawn restricted area um, to allow you to respawn when your teammates won't revive you. And that's what uh, I want to hear. That happens. Uh, me and Vince were playing the other night so we went into a group of two other people and we were playing and Vince didn't realize I was down um, but the other two people obviously kept flying around my body and would not even attempt to try and get me they were just doing their own thing and I was like well that's unfortunate but it is what it is Uh, let's see the last thing and I love this the one before and then this one are real big launching missions from anywhere in the fort instead of having to walk to your javelin see one of the biggest reasons a lot I played more a lot of this
1: game was the respawn stuff. When I, the first day I played the game, I did a couple story missions, and I got to Fort Tarsus, and then I did—I was halfway through the mission after that, and I was downed, and then somebody was just running past me, like not picking me up, nothing. Yeah, and it was really
0: frustrating. Yeah, I mean I, that's like that in every game, but moving away from a completely respawn restricted, which is something Destiny did as well. You know, even essentially respawn restriction just means you can't respawn instantly; you have to wait. I think in Destiny it's also 30 seconds as well, isn't it? Or is it a minute? I think it's 30 seconds, but I might be wrong. That. Yeah. I don't think I've ever paid attention to the time. Well, normally we're playing Destiny together, well, so someone's going to res you because you can say, hey, I'm down.
1: Well, I think it's like a five-second, like if you're in the darkness zone or whatever, it's a five-second countdown and then a 30-second, technically, right? Isn't yes. there a countdown
0: before the 30? Yes, I'm fairly positive.
1: Or maybe, no, I'm thinking of a raid. Yes. Okay, yeah, you're so right. Darkness you're right. is 30 seconds, yeah.
0: Okay, well, that's the end of that, but that kind of moves into the topic that we kind of wanted to talk about. Saul and I, and I mentioned this in the Discord too. Um, for you know, we were having a conversation about the game and what it, is it actually good? Are you, are people who are playing it who are facing the crashing issues? Did, did they deserve it uh, for for supporting this type of game? And I think that this is an interesting conversation because one of the things that me and Saul said behind the scenes, not even on the show, when we were going to talk about getting the game, is that regardless of what happens with the game, as long as it runs pretty well, most of the time and works out, even if the game doesn't have great, uh, game stuff that will, that will give you a reason to keep playing after beating it one time, uh, which is something that destiny had problems with early on in the first release of destiny one as well. Um, if that was the problem even after
1: the couple of launches that, after that with House of Wolves and Silver so yeah, pretty, they, they pretty were still bare
0: pretty bare bones and no real reason to stay you'd hop in and this happened with Destiny too. you'd hop in beat the thing and then hop back out because there was no reason to keep playing uh, which I feel like but Destiny wait, wait, wait. has w- w- welcomely fixed well with Destiny so,
1: 2 did a really good job too of like having enough content there at launch to keep us
0: playing until the raid and yeah, then the raid kept you yes. busy and I don't want to be unfair to Destiny at all but this, cause this ties back into the, t- the topic I was even talking about you know when you buy a game so like everybody has their own value set that they look at something they they describe they prescribe their own value to it so uh one example of this is me not feeling like I personally was ripped off when I bought the order eighteen eighty six I bring that up on the show all the time, but this is pertinent to this in that. expectations going in are is kind of what goes off of what your value is so you have an expectation uh to value ratio that you kind of naturally end up with in your head before you buy a game and then whether or not the game hits it is just based off of your experience with the game so in the case of the order i expected 10 to 15 hours of a linear storyline with a good story, solid voice acting, and beautiful visuals, and fun gameplay, and that's exactly what I got. Now, was all of it perfect? No, it wasn't, but I beat it. I enjoyed the hell out of it, and I've played it since, and I just really love the game, and I feel like I got more than my $60 worth uh, in terms of, I spent more than $60. I bought both collector's editions, and I don't feel like I regret that at all. I love the game, it's one of my favorite series, despite its flaws this generation so far, just because it's very interesting, and I'd like to see it go more, like I speak over the time. But I feel like that comes into this, right? So when it comes to Destiny, right, you know how I am. Destiny 1 burned me in a bad way, and I feel like it's it's, it's it fair to say that there. while there are people who are, I'm sure felt like they got their $60 out of Destiny 1 as well, for me personally, I didn't feel like I did, and there's a reason behind that. Destiny 1's story pacing and everything it did led you to believe the game was going to be a lot longer than it was. It felt like the story and game was just getting started as soon as the credits rolled. Like, I remember... When I got to the last mission, and then you're hearing that co- that you're hearing that talk at a tower, and like she's talking to you, and she says, "Now go, guardian, or whatever." I was like, "Dope, we're getting into the meat of the game and now." Was, and then it rolled credits, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, it was almost like it Is was this even, a prologue? It was super unfulfilling. Like there was no there was no story arc, there was no resolution to the multiple weird story arcs they were trying to set up. It was a very odd setup, uh, but. Again, I think most people agree that they were able to fix that once the Taken King hit, uh, and they moved on from there. So in the realm of Destiny 2, I agree. I do think Destiny 2 still had problems in terms of doing things to where, definitely when they got to DLC, where you were a perfect example of this. The first two DLCs, you went back, played the DLCs, beat them, and immediately quit playing, right? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Your
1: mind was a little bit more... Play you, you, yeah. Than okay. Anything else. It was getting sleeper simulant, which was what well, took the
0: while. Okay. Took a while. Yeah. But essentially, you didn't play for it. Didn't bring you back to the game for a month.
1: No. And that's kind of like what almost uh, the new one did. Uh, what was that called? I can't remember now. Say, oh
0: yeah, the Black Armory.
1: Yeah, Black Armory is super good with a lot of cool stuff in it. But I got real lucky and one of the weapons they have these weekly weapons you want to grind for yeah. I got the god rule of one of them and yeah. it's the one I wanted so I was like well now I got the weapon I need I don't really need to do forges anymore unless I'm helping out Joe Yeah, and then I was like well what does that to do and then we started going through clan stuff to make enough people to do raids and then now everybody's on Final Fantasy or uh, coming off of Kingdom Hearts 3 so they haven't jumped back yet <laughs> but I will say there's a weekly update for Drifter season that was just last yeah. Tuesday yeah. which yeah. had a lot of stuff in it I'm going to go back for just not having time for it
0: so but right that, that that kind of ties back into what I was saying, though, of uh, like when we went into Destiny 2, even with what I think Destiny 2's problems were, I definitely got my $60 worth because by the time... Before I played Forsaken at all, when I got my, uh, I was looking at my numbers of different things. I played Destiny 2, because you can go there's a there's an app that lets you see how long you've played Destiny. Yeah, it's, it's uh, how much have I played yeah. or something. I played Destiny two, I think sixty to eighty somewhere in that somewhere in that I think around seventy hours uh, at launch. I want you to know, if and if that's not worth sixty dollars, what is? That's what I, the thing is. Sixty dollars is worth a different thing to everybody, but I obviously got my sixty dollars. Out of my eleven to twelve hours with the order, eighteen eighty six, my right. first not beating it, and that was or my first time beating it, which was me staying up from five until two in the morning, waking back up the next day, and then getting off that last little chunk of hours, um, and I really enjoyed it. So, but it, it comes down to expectations are somewhat set in yourself, but value. I think that people view these games from such a weird value standpoint, and this started. Because me and Saul talked about as long as we get 20 to 30 hours out of this game, uh, it's honestly worth it. You know, there's no reason to think it's not worth it. So for us, you know, we determined that ahead of time. We said we're going to buy the game. This is the value we've given to it, and we're going to play it from here. Now, past that, I've actually been really impressed with with Anthem because I've been able to play it as almost a completely single-player game with no problem. And it's been really interesting to me. I haven't played with – I played with friends twice now played with vince uh and for one stronghold the other night and i played uh with josh drago listener of the show as well uh for a little bit and he helped me out uh just because we were both on so i was like yeah sure i'll co-op with you um and that was that's cool to me i feel like i'm getting my value out of the game because it's telling me a good story it's got good production values it's actually an interesting intriguing world and they're going through and they're doing all the things that Destiny 1 didn't do in terms of the story now it's making mistakes in other areas like what we saw here why can't i launch a mission from anywhere in the fort why do i have to be in my javelin we talked about why do i have to hit a load screen to go and change stuff on my javelin why is that not a just instant hit start and that menu comes up immediately those are all things that come into it but i feel like the expectations behind these types of games are so odd because you get the same you get the same or more value as you do from other games out of this but for some reason $60 is still too much. It doesn't, seen,
1: it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. To like, me, it doesn't. Yeah, to me.
0: Yeah, you're getting the same amount of time, if not more, than you are from other games, yet the $60 is not enough. And I know that that comes from what these games are, is games as a service. Yeah. And
1: it's a very particular kind. It's all kind. subjective to if you're going to enjoy this kind of service or not. Yeah, because so, you're paying $60 for what may not be 100% done, Not, I'm not going to say completed, because it's pretty completed, They're, it's expanding upon it, but
0: done by the time... Uh, and there know. are unlucky times. Like I would I would argue Destiny 1 was not a complete game. Fallout 76 game. is a, bad, yeah. bad example, Fallout, a I mean, good example of a bad yeah, game. Yeah, so I mean, I think that that game could have used more time, definitely. I would even argue at this point that Anthem could have used more time, but playing it, there is an actual story, there is actual gameplay. There's things they should have changed, but I don't even think they were aware of that because this isn't their type of game. And that's unfortunate, and they should have done the research to fix that up. But I do think it comes in, like I'm saying... I don't see personally how you can look at this as long as you're enjoying the game and it's fun to you, which I've seen a lot of people say, well, I like the game. It's fun. And I played it and I beat it and I played it for 30 hours, but it wasn't. It's not worth $60 because uh, this, this and this. I'm like, but why? You got 30 hours out of it and you just told me you enjoyed every, ac- every aspect of it. Now. I'm not saying you can't critique and say, well, maybe it should have released at 40. That's a whole other argument. But I just, I don't feel like it. People are acting like these games are literally releasing entirely unfinished. And I, while I said that's true for some cases, I think that it's very true for Destiny 1's case. It felt unfinished in a, in a way that yeah, Anthem like, doesn't.
1: it felt too abrupt.
0: Yeah, it, like, like I said, it felt like once it was starting, it literally felt like the developers got to the point where the story was supposed to start, ran out of time, and had to ship something.
1: Yeah, and the interesting thing about this specific topic of the show too is that I haven't had a whole lot of time to play it to form my own uh, subjective opinion around this, because from what I did play from the beta and from this uh, from because I bought it on launch, I played it the day mm-hmm. of it came out, uh, coming out. Coming um, out. So what I'm interested in is is that since you spearheaded this one this week and I spearheaded the last episode. I don't have any opinions really. Uh, like I know, yeah, I, I know I understand. Yeah. that like I'm gonna enjoy it, but I haven't been able to experience enough of it to be hard set on those opinions. So yeah. what I'm curious is that if we could take people that we know, uh, and and I and we could do Kiki events and then we could wait six months when this game's first expansion comes out or whatever mm-hmm. and everybody's when planning. we're
0: into the game's maturity and then you we do an
1: update like a part two and i'm curious to hear what you people uh in the comments and uh, on twitter and on uh facebook and, and you know in our discord i'm curious as to what you guys think and want to hear from us because i'm curious to how many people is going to stay on the game i'm curious if this game is going to exist in a year i'm curious yeah. if you know, this is going to be one of those style things that everybody was wrong about. Very similar to Destiny One, where everybody craps on it so much. Now it has one of the most highest player bases for online yeah.
0: gaming right now. So, well, and what's funny is, despite the PS4 thing, the the news around the game being that the PS4 was literally had the ability to break and not work at all anymore. I was really, I went through even my own thing when I didn't quite believe that that was too true. I was like, that just doesn't sound right. I went through it, though, because I have the 500 million PS4. Yeah. So I thought to myself, is it worth putting that risk on my console? I said, well, how much fun am I having with the game? Am I having a little bit of fun, but I'm playing it because I don't have anything else to play? No. I'm having a lot of fun, and I'm playing it because I want to play it, and I'm enjoying my time with it. So I I made the decision, you know what? I'm just going to play it. Everybody else has this opinion on this game, and I'm not saying that those opinions have to be wrong. I mean, the game is not perfect. And yes, there are a lot of things that should have been different. But looking at that, I kind of did this risk versus reward thing in my mind. I was like, but I'm really like I literally want to play this game. I'm compelled to play this game. Yeah. And that's and interesting. That, I
1: mean I I still have like I still I'm not going to say I really, really, really want to play the game because I would have been playing that instead of Final
0: Fantasy. Well, you're also or, not you, you're not far enough for it to get hooks in you. Right. I would even say where you were at in the game, I was still on the fence of like, well, where is this going to be? Am exactly. I am I going to enjoy? This? I haven't hit like that. I enjoy it now. It's a cool opening. Yeah, it's I haven't like, hit the cycle of of the the
1: process. The game evolves and works and, and how you I would say stay that,
0: continued in it. This is where it goes different than Destiny and all those games. Is I think what will really hook you outside of the gameplay because I think the gameplay is there. but the you, need that, is really good. you need that one extra thing. Like, well, what else is keeping me outside of just the gameplay right and for me because i'm not playing with friends it's not well it's the gameplay and playing with my friends for me it was and i and i have no problem if y'all want to play with me and you see me on hit me up i'll play with you no problem uh but as far as for me it was well once the story started going into i'm like this is kind of an interesting world i'm I'm interested to see the way they're doing this and they're padding out this history and the story has been what's actually interested me and that's cool that's good because you you remember a while back whenever they said they delayed it to make sure it had more of a story based emphasis yeah. because they saw that's what people thought Destiny lacked yeah, the most. Like w- and I agree year, with I mean, that
1: early last year or mid last year. The way
0: this game goes about telling you its story and another one of the reasons I thought why why not make the fort the the area right? I figured it out and this is maybe something that is not a great idea in the in, in practice, but it's a cool idea on paper. As you work your way up with the factions, the fort improves. So if you get so far with one group, it's like the fountain won't be dirty anymore. It'll be working, clean, and it like cool. have fish in it. And then some of the scaffolding will that. come down. I was like, that's interesting. You know, it's kind of like it's supposed to be world building. It's like as you're improving the state of this world and doing these things, you're seeing that around you in this fort. And you're seeing where, where life thrives, which is the fort here, uh, where life thrives, you're seeing it get better. It's kind of an interesting idea. Uh, and it ties back into where this game kind of has this weird duality of trying to be a single-player game in some aspects, but also trying to have this wing over here of you can co- also completely play it with your friends. It's really, really interesting. Hmm. And I feel like it's doing more for what Fallout 76 acted like it was trying to do, where it's a Fallout game yeah, uh, that you can just happen to play with other people. That's what a lot of people wanted out of 76, and that's not what they got. That's what you get here. You that's, have a real see, story that's that you can play I'll, and, and
1: experience, and that's I'll probably cool. never pick up seventy sixes because it won't feel like a Fallout game to me.
0: And I mean, I do want to be clear. Me and Saul have not played seventy six at all. No, I am no going clear. Based off of videos and we're and doing the best we can playing. off of the information we've been yeah. given. So, but I mean, I, I knew that Saul was going to come into this a little bit like that, and this is when it has it pertains to Anthem. But as it pertains to games as a service in general, I think that me and Saul can clearly see when games as a service fail, which is Destiny One time period and why I was so hesitant to not buy destiny again until they said this is the last expansion I said if I spend any more money on this because it's going to be at least 60 dollars for me to get it again because I was shifting consoles as well I said I'm going to buy the last expansion that way if I don't like it again I'm done. I'm out. Or if I do like it, I just have all that wealth of content to play. It was kind of a balance. Um, And then that made me more confident in buying Destiny 2 even though I had reservations about some of the decisions they made. Uh, And Destiny 2 went through similar periods where I was like, this DLC is not enough for me. But then Forsaken swooped me back over. And that goes so. Even on Destiny 2, a game I've put over 100 and something hours into now, I've spent... Uh, I waited until it was on sale for $33 and included Forsaken and the other DLCs. And you still so I've spent got it for less free. than $100 on that game. Yeah, you
1: still got it for free technically because yeah. you got to use your reward points from your Sony card, right?
0: Yeah. I forgot about that so, actually, yeah. You, yeah. So. I spent $3 of my own money. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. So. so yeah, that... that that's what i mean is it's interesting and va- value is different on everywhere but rli i want to hear more important i want to hear a if you're playing anthem what do you think of it and I, I mean i'm not looking for you to reassert what i think i know i'm saying clearly i enjoy the game but i don't think it's perfect and i don't think it's for everybody that's another thing but if you're playing it how are you enjoying it if you want to play with me hit your boy up we have our gamer tags down in the descriptions of these videos and podcasts Hello. um So I will gladly play with you. I'm enjoying the game immensely. I haven't beat it yet, though. I'm very close. I know it. Um, But what do you think of Anthem? What do you think of games as a service in general? Uh, Do you feel like they are a bad business practice? Do you feel like they're making people accept games that are unfinished or somewhat unfinished states? Give us your thoughts on all those. And then give us your thoughts on what you want to see us talk about when the game is you know down the line, I, I think it'd be interesting. We've not really done we've done one retrospective episode, and that was about Xbox One X, um, yeah, Scorpio and PS4 Pro because we kind of did one before the One X came out and what we thought might be happening, and then we wanted to talk about it again once we saw what came out. Uh, but that's not something we normally do on the show, so I like the idea. But let us know what you think about all that. I mean, I want to hear your thoughts on games and services and everything. Uh, and like I said if you put something on that we find interesting uh, we'll go over those and we'll find the ones on Facebook Patreon wherever you respond wherever you see it if you have an opinion uh, and we'll talk about the beginning of the next episode I like that segment I think it's pretty fun so let us know what you think about all that and uh, Saul you want to wish these people goodbye and uh, give them a chance to congratulate you for your wedding
1: well thank you everybody who congratulates me and thank you all for tuning in we'll uh, see you guys on episode 103 and uh, we have to see you guys on uh, Anthem or Final Fantasy
0: or something with us yep